Welcome to the podcast, A Drink with Derek. Follow comedian Derek Richards on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to his YouTube channel and watch all episodes of the podcast. Now grab a drink and join your host, Derek Richards. Welcome to the show. Derek Richards here in Las Vegas. Producer Sean Schultz in Florida, still with his air conditioning out. My heart goes out to you, my friend. I don't know how you're dealing with it. I really, really don't. Uh, excited for my guest today, comedian John Bizarre, who's, uh, whose voice you just heard on the intro. And uh, we'll get to him here in just a second. Uh, I do got some dates coming up here where I'm going to be uh, heading out on the road. I'm going to be in uh, Michigan, August 3 through 5 at the Comedy Castle in Royal Oak with uh, Dave Landau. August 15th, I'll be at Mr. M's in Gladwin, Michigan. August 18th, the Comedy Room at Portofino in Wyandotte, Michigan. Then I can back out here to Las Vegas, August 21st, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand. Uh, go ahead and uh, go to my website, DerekRichards.com, to get all the info and for links on uh, tickets. And also, while you're online, grab my uh, album, Double Down. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Amazon, Double Down, recorded in Fort Myers, Florida. Grab a copy of that today. And uh, also, when you're rooting around on the internet, check out Normal World. It's on Blaze TV. You can download the app, and you can also uh, type in the promo code NORMAL20 to save on your subscription to the Blaze TV um, app, which has a ton of great programs on there and a lot of stuff that is behind the paywall. You can also go on Normal World on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, which is absolutely free. My buddies uh, Dave Landau, Quarter Black Garrett, Angela Boggs on there. Some funny, funny stuff. Highly recommended Normal World on Blaze TV. Now, my guest today... uh, this intro, I could do an intro on this guy for days. He's a comedian. He's a filmmaker. He is a chef. He's a rickshaw driver. And you can see him at uh, X Country at Harrah's in Las Vegas. He also has a brand new book out right now. My guest today is comedian John Bizarre. John Bizarre joins us now. What's happening, my friend? Hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Is it weird hearing your voice on the intro? It is weird. It's weird because I'm doing that announcer guy. Hey, don't forget to listen to Derek on the show coming up right now. And that's kind of a little like I'm I'm nowhere near as smooth as I was trying to be. You are smooth as twelve-year-old Scotch. <laughs> Which you have not you had in a long time. Good. You've been, I'm doing fantastic. You're looking fantastic as uh, as always. You've been. Uh, I always say, Joe, is, what, what are you looking at? You're looking strange. I don't know what you're looking at. There's there's nothing fantastic going on here, man. <laughs> I'm looking fantastic. You are looking you fantastic. Another dude. You're looking fan. You look you look great, my friend. You've been uh, sober now for how many years? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's been uh, uh, 15, 14. 14, 14, 15 years, 15 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember you back in the days when you were, uh, when you were drinking. And of course, obviously when you've been uh, sober here for a, uh, for a while, what's your, uh, before we get into uh, talking about your book, Letters to a Dead Guy, which I have right here. Ta-da. I am halfway through this yeah. book. It is a lightning fast read. We'll get to this here in a second, but I want to hear, uh, I always ask guests this question, your favorite or worst drunk story. Oh, <clears throat> favorite drunk story. Did I tell you the story uh, when I went to Budapest? I no. stayed in that. I stayed, uh, when I was living in Amsterdam, I was a rickshaw driver. Uh, I used to like work and then I would save a little money. And then I would uh, I would go, all right, I'm going to take a couple of days off. And I would go down to the train station. And I don't know, you've seen those European train stations where you look up and then all of the train things are, are uh, all the destinations are written up there. And I would just right. go down and go, hey, I'll just pick one out. So once I, I went down and go, ah, right, you know what? I'm going to Budapest. I've never been there. So I get in the train, go to Budapest. I get off the train in Budapest, and there was this like piece of paper with all these little things you could just tear off, and they had the phone number on them. And it was like, do you need a place to stay? And you just pull off, and then you just call the phone number. And so I did that. I called up, and it was like some kind of a booking agency. And they said, yeah, you can stay at this place for $10 a night. Like, okay, $10 a night. Uh 
so I, I find the place. It's on on a map. I go there. I get to the house, and uh, the the lady brings me in, and she shows me this room. And you have to picture it's a single bed. It's a room right next to the front door, and it's a single bed. And the room itself is about the size of the bed. It's. I mean, you could just kind of <laughs> like walk in. And then you could walk to the end and then you could walk back and then walk out and then there's the bed and that's it. That's all that's in the room. And it's $10 a night. I was like, okay. And there was a, there was a, uh, on the bed, there was a, like a list of rules and it was, you know, don't do this. One of them was curfew 11 o'clock, be back here by 11 o'clock. Then she shows me the bathroom. It's her bathroom. It's their house. It, they live in this house. They rent out this room. I'm like, oh, Okay. Long story short, I go out, I get hammered. I can't find the place. I can't mm -hmm. find, I got to go back. I left the note and the address and everything back on the bed with my backpack and everything else. I can't find this place. I am hammered. I'm so, I'm in Budapest. I'm so drunk. I can't, I go to this bar that I think is in the area and I explain it to this guy. I go, look, uh, the bartender, I go, look, I, I, I'm staying at this house. It's a blue house. They rent out to tourists. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, it's, it's over here. It's like two blocks that way, one block right. You'll see it. I find it. I walk in. I'm trying to shorten the story. I walk in. There's, I go into the bedroom, and there's a guy, this fat, short, round dude sitting on the bed with this look on his face like, you know. Just looking at me, sitting on the bed. You know, I'm drunk. I don't even know that I'm really, I'm so drunk. I don't know that I'm really seeing this. And he's just looking at me. And he's like, says something in Hungarian. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. And he, and he goes, uh, uh. I'm like, okay. So I sit down next to him on this bed in this tiny room. And he starts saying something in Hungarian. I'm saying something in English. We don't understand each other. And I go, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, I got, I got lost. I'm a little drunk. I'm sorry. I'm late. You know, I, I, I and he goes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then he leaves the room and he comes back in and he's got two giant beers, these huge Hungarian beers. And he hands me one and he sits in the bed and he's like, clink. And we're like, ah, and he goes, rah, 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 rah. and I'm like, yeah, and I got lost. Oh, what the fuck is going on? He's like, rah, rah, rah. And me and this like little round Hungarian dude just got hammered on this little bed in this little room. And uh, that's probably as far as I'm going to tell the story. Was he, was he the owner of the house or did they go ahead and rent the room out to somebody else too? I assume it was the husband of the house. I don't know for sure. I assume it wasn't some dude that just kind of walked in and sat on the bed and wanted to get drunk with me. Which would not be out of bounds for a story coming out of your mouth. Hey, you know, whatever. It's uh, life that is short. Let's we'll see what happens. That wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me in the least. That's like the first, because and also you're thinking this is back how many years? It's got to be what twenty five years. Yeah, 20, 25 like that. years ago. Yeah. So you didn't have cell phones. You couldn't take a picture of the of the house, the address, no. or you know, Google no. pinpointed on Google Maps. I mean, this is old school. You had to ask for directions, draw it out on a map, have somebody tell you where to go. You didn't have Siri to tell you. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you actually had to live your life back then. No. Uh, please, please, please tell still... us about the old days. <laughs> I still in my car have that giant Rand McNally. Oh yeah, I mean I, I go one in the trunk of my car just in case the GPS yeah. goes out. Absolutely, you have to have yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's right there. Th those were the days. You just oh, you spread it out on the dashboard, and you've got your oh, pen yeah. and your mark and everything. And I remember folding up the AAA map wrong in my dad's car, and my dad would lose his shit. <laughs> he just, how do you not know how to fold a map? It's like fold this way, fold this way, fold this way, fold this way, fold it, go back in. And I'm just like, eh, you know, I was a kid. I'm like, crunch, 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 and just shove it in the glove box. And he was all pissed off. And then, yeah, it was a disaster. I'm excited <laughs> about your uh, your new book, by the way. Here, letters to a dead guy, which uh, is available now on Amazon. Highly, highly recommended. I am halfway through this thing right now. Tell me about this book. 
Uh, it's a, it's, it's a collection of stories and, um, uh, little essays and letters to people. I, there's a letter to my mom in there. There's a letter to a, a number of different friends. There's a letter to somebody from CNN. There's a letter to, uh, the, the, the president of Wrigley company. Um, uh, there, you know, it's just a collection of different things that I wrote, uh, over the years. Some of it is brand, some of it is from this year. Some of it is, right. was from like January, February, this past January, February. Some of it is from many years ago. It's just a collection of stuff. Um, it's, I, I really wanted to, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting up there in years. I'm almost 86 years old. I'm getting up there in years. I want to make sure that I leave something that I'm kind of, uh, that, something of myself that's like, that's, you know, that's worth reading. You know, I mean, I, I've read a lot of stuff from other comics and whatnot that uh, I found now. Wow, I, I just I started myself down a sentence that I don't want to finish now, but I have read. Some <laughs> Welcome to my life story <laughs> that I, 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 I'm like, dude, what are you? Why would you write that? Yeah, write something. And here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you what what. um what led me to write this book. Here's a story for you. When I was in, uh, I was an air force brat and we, I moved all the time. So I moved like almost every year of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. after ninth grade, we moved to the Azores, Portugal. And I, I took a reading test at the school at the, it was on a uh, a SAC base, a security air force base, whatever that is, a secure air command, whatever, I can't remember, whatever, uh, air force base. And, they gave me a reading test and the reading test said that I was reading at an eighth grade level and I was going into 10th grade. And what I said to the reading teacher at the time was, Hey, I'll just read on my own and you know, I'll catch up. And I'll, I'll never forget her. She was this kind of crabby old bat. I don't mind saying that. I'm sure she would be okay with me saying that if she was still alive, she was a crabby old bat. And, uh, and I was like, I remember saying to her, yeah, I, I, I'll just read on my own. And she looked at me and she went, no, you won't. And nah. I was, I, it infuriated me, but she was right. I was a stoner. I was a drunk. I was at 15. I was already a mess and she knew it. So she got, she, this room was filled with books and she goes, you can, uh, pick any two books in this room, any two books. And by the end of the month, you give me two book reports and you're going to do that every month for the first half of the year. And, and that's going to get you back up to your proper reading level. And, uh, I hated her for this. So I was looking around and I picked the skinniest books I could find. And they were, <laughs> so it's like, fuck you. I, you know, I'll, I'll just, I, you said any book yeah, about this skinny fucking book right here. So, I, I got two of them and, and I gave, I brought them over to her and she goes, okay, good. She goes, good. And the two books were, one was called without feathers by Woody Allen. And the other was this book about, it was like, it would, this is what this book is kind of like in, in structure. It, it was a book about uh, a gang and this kid who just joins the gang and gets involved in all this really bad shit. And what I liked about the book was, first of all, the stories were just horrifying. But was that it was this independently made book. You'll, I don't know if you noticed this, Derek. In the book, there's no forward. There's no introduction. There's no table of contents. There are no page numbers. It's just... You open it up. There's there's the name of the book. Boom. Chapter one. Yep. We're, yep. we're going right in. That's it. That that's what that book was like. And I never forgot. I can't remember the name of the book, but I never forgot the impact that book had on me because it was this independently published book that just blew me away. And then the Woody Allen book. This is kind of like a combination of those two books because the Woody Allen book, if you've ever read it uh, without feathers, it's just a combination of little things from his notebooks and stuff like that. Funny stuff. And um, so that's, that's was the whole genesis of this book. 
And so, and I wanted to make it, both of those books made me want to read. So I still, to this day, say thank you, Mrs. Bernhardt, because it's because of her that I really got into reading. I really started to just burn through books after that. And it's because of her, that crabby old bat. Old bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that made me read that book. And uh, God bless her, that crabby old bat. I love her. I, 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 I owe so much to her, that crabby old bat. Well, this I love your writing style. I love your uh, your detail and your just, just how you put stuff together. Your structure, like there's one story in here. Um, you're at the DMV, and you're try you got a you got a snot in your nose that you're trying to get out. And this lady looks over. She goes, "What's your problem?" She asked. Got a booger from you. This, I love this paragraph. Cracks me up. This is uh oh, hold on. She started rifling through her purse, a cracked and wrinkled little bag that looked like something you would use to make haggis. <laughs> <laughs> I stared at the top of her head, marveling at her Prussian blue steel wool hair. I studied the folds in her neck and wondered if she might have some Sharpay in her pedigree. That is such a great description of someone that would work at the DMV. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying laughing. In this book, it's like now to the reader when you're looking at. I mean, and I'm going to read the description on the back here. Desperate pleas to a corpse, an Amsterdam squat full of anarchists, a bloody experiment in self surgery, and a hilarious showdown with a monstrous pig outside a Portuguese bar. Letters to a dead guy is the naked chronicle of a deliberate life. Now, people that know you, no, this is you. This is com this is completely you. And I, like I said, I think when I started going through it because, and it struck me because there was no table of contents. There are no page numbers. And in my head, I'm going, oh, Amazon screwed up. He's going to be so pissed. And then, <laughs> and then it clicked. I'm like, I know bizarre. This is all deliberate. This is exactly why he put this thing together. And this book to me is like, if you went into an attic at your grandparents' house and there was a closet yes. and you opened the closet and just all kinds of shit came tumbling out. Everything right. from like maybe an old Bible that grandma had, some Christmas decorations. Uh, I mean, some crap that your grandfather had from the war. And it's like, you're looking at this stuff and you go, what the fuck is this? And this, <laughs> to me, this book, I mean, is, and you can look at all the things that came out of this closet and you can find these killer stories that came out of it and you just and the way you piece this thing together is so damn funny oh thanks man yeah that's that's kind of that's uh, that's that it's yeah i mean you put it very very well that's really the, i wanted to make the kind of book that you would find like in a used bookstore that clearly was independently made and you've never heard of this guy and what is this and then you read the first few pages and go no, all right, all right, I'll go through this. Let's see what this is. And then you just go through it. But yeah, that's even a better description, finding it in, in an old closet. That's like perfect. But the cool thing with this book is you can, you know, and everybody has coffee table books. This is a great coffee table book where somebody could sit down while you're getting them a cup of coffee or whatever. And, and you can thumb through this and you can, you can just find a, a spot in the middle. You can start, you can go, oh, here's this, you know, searching for Boogie Fisher. Boom. And then read this story, you know, read it, read a few pages like, oh, OK, this is, this is cool. And, and and put it down and then go back and then start at a different point in the book. And you're not yeah. losing anything in translation. That's right. But what's funny is like some that doesn't work for some people. I've had a couple yeah. of friends of mine go that re, friends of mine recently. I just we were out at this bar and I go, I go, did you I gave him the book like a like a month or two ago and I go, to read the book and he goes yeah 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 I go, and you know you're waiting and i go <laughs> i go uh you, I, I don't know did you like it or uh no or yeah and he goes he goes he goes i i it's all over the place i i don't know what to make of it it's just all over the place so some people don't really pick up on that they just they, they want a book beginning middle and end they want a story it's all one thing it's it's all like you know whatever how to get in touch with your feelings and do this and that it's like no that's not it this is just a it's a fucking 
It's a smorgasbord. It's just a bunch of it's, shit. It's, it's, it's a it's a collection of stuff that that's put together. And like I said, you don't have to be following it from page one if there was a page one to uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to page one eighty, no which which there's no page one eighty either. Now these, <laughs> you do this on the on the letters to a dead guy because you literally write specifically to a couple of people whose names popped up uh, more than once. Yeah. Uh, John Weiss and Keith Dion. Who are these people? Well, Keith Dion um, uh, and his wife, Casey, they live out in Ventura. He's a comic. He's an actor. He's an artist. Uh, his wife, Casey's an artist. Um, and they, you know, he, I've known him since probably at least like 30 years. And uh, he used to, he used to run the uh, Ventura comedy club down there. And, uh, he's, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's an old friend of mine, but he is one of those few guys that does write back. Like one of the things I used to write letters uh, to John Weiss, John Weiss, the other guy, um, is a friend I've known since 1982. Um, and he, he was a guy I started in comedy with, but he was one of those guys that when I first met him, he gave me the Groucho letters. I don't know if you ever read that. Um, it's just a collection of letters that Groucho wrote over the years. It's like that thick. And it's just really, really great. And I, I always loved that book. And after I read that, he and I used to write letters. And we'd always write, hold on, on like these like legal pads. Sure. And uh, and I would write, I was always, I always thought like a three-page letter was perfect. Three pages, just the front is the perfect length for a letter. And this is old school. Oh, for your for your uh, younger uh, viewers and fans, uh, this is paper. This is, it's, it's thin wood. It's thin, it's like, imagine a tree and you're shave, you got a, you got a razor blade and you're shaving it. And then these come off it. And, and what happens is you put them together, these little shavings and then they put lines on them and what you do is you know when you're typing and then you see like the letters come up what you do is you use one of this is a pen and you uh and you kind of like like my name is john and then you put like a j and then you write the j so you don't actually click the j you write the j with like i said this is a pen and then you write the rest of it, like you would put an O. This reason alone is why every customer service person, I'm sure, hates you when you come walking up to the counter. <laughs> I'm, 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 I've said this to my wife a number of times, and she'll back this up. I'm a very exasperating man. I'm, I'm quite difficult to deal with on just about any level. But, um, yeah, so we used to write these letters. And I have in that closet, like, a box probably, like, like yay big. Wow. Filled with letters from John Weiss. Like, I just – I keep letters. I'm, I'm a big fan of letters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I have them from the '80s, the '90s, just all packed in there tight, and I mean, because to me, letters are like, you know, they're archive, and they're, uh, you know, they're they're just they're represent. Because when you write a letter, this is to me what, what what I love about what I hated about email when it came in was that when you write a letter to somebody, I mean, everything's there. Yeah. What you wrote, what you decided to write, because you, you, when you, you, in back in the day, when you write a letter, you sit down, and you go, you know what, I'm going to sit down and write this guy a letter, right? And so right. you, you know, you make a mistake and you're crossing it out, and you can tell exactly. now, you can yeah. tell by the writer. Yeah. Then he's getting pissed. He's like, ah, he's pissed that he fucking didn't do that right. And then you're trying to squeeze shit into the bottom there because you don't want to use another page and all that shit. I just think that letters are so great because they tell so much about uh, what the, the letter writer is trying to get across and his mood and everything else. So I've always well, loved letters. Yeah, because I've got stuff. I've got handwritten I've recipes got from my recipes mom and, and letters that my grandma had written me years ago and because my grandma just had a a font she did i mean her penmanship was so 
was so was so deliberate and so um you know literally like the you know you know an l would come up the same height every single time it never <laughs> went wow. lower or went higher i mean and my mom just had a very deliberate way of uh, of writing as well and so i think it's a um it's a piece of the person it really is it's way more personal than yeah like an email or a text so i agree 100 yeah it just tells you so much about the person all these different things and uh yeah i have those too i have a lot of recipes from my from my grandmother from uh from nancy my wife's uh grandmother like i use her recipe for baklava when i make baklava and it's this really old school recipe and uh and my grandmother has when i was like in fourth grade for six months i had to stay with my grandmother and she was one of those old school portuguese grandmothers where when you right. went into the kitchen all four burners were always cooking something There'd be some soup here. There'd be some sauce there. There'd be water bubbling for something here. And then there'd be something in a, in a pan that she'd be frying up. And then there'd be bread in the oven. And, and she would write down in her scrawl, that kind of like, you know, second language scrawl, what the recipes were. It's just fantastic. I love that shit. I love seeing that stuff. Now, these, these letters to the dead guys now who've, uh, you know, John is obviously, is, is John passed? now john, john yeah john passed away john was uh uh one of my best friends and he passed away quite a while ago uh keith and i still write to each other but yeah john passed away quite a while ago and one of the reasons i wrote those letters to him is because it's 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 years of history where when i write to him i write in a particular voice and it's a voice that doesn't come out of me the same way if I'm not writing to him, if that makes any sense. Interesting, yeah. So it's like well, the, way I, write I, a letter, the way you write a letter to your mom or to your wife or to you know another friend is not going to be the same way you're going to write a letter to this particular friend. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. So um, yeah. Now, if you, I wonder. Here's another. Chunk, this this cracked me up here too. Hang on, I got to pull this up. Where is this at? Here we go. Okay, this was written during the uh, the pandemic. Okay, one of the uh, okay it says uh, because of the recent toilet paper shortage, Nancy and I have seriously discussed using the neighbor's cat as a replacement. Well, she may not have been serious, but I was, and apparently we're not the only folks on the block to come up with that idea. Whenever that dirty little pigeon murderer slinks across the street, you can see the other neighbors peeking through their blinds, sizing her up, drooling over her clean, fluffy fur, wondering how many wipes she might endure before putting up a fight. And whether or not you could push her far enough up in there to clean all those hard-to-reach areas. <laughs> that, that had me spraying coffee out of my mind <laughs> yesterday. That was... That was hysterical, but just I, the writing and your descriptions and everything. I mean, just so, uh, just, just a fun, fun read. Thanks, man. Uh, did you, you haven't gotten to the story yet about, um, the block when I go to blockbuster with a, no, I did not get that. Oh, okay. yet. All right. Well, you got that coming up. Um, All right, good. And I'm that, forward to it. And there's another story where I, I literally, I mean, I don't have health insurance. I literally cut something. What I did was I had this skin tag on the fold between my ass and my leg. I don't know if I can make an ass and a leg, but. Uh, did you, I don't want to know how you found it, but never mind. Well, you can't. What happens is you you put your underwear on. It kind of it flicks it. It's like oh, you fucking gotcha. feel it. You know? So it's like I was like, yeah, whatever. So at one point, and this is years ago, I, I I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just like like try and pinch it off or something. And I was like, ah, that didn't work. And then I read that if you just kind of tie it off with like a like a uh, like a uh, whatever dental floss, that'll choke it and it'll fall off. And then I did that, but I didn't do it long enough. I did it for like a day and I went, nah, that didn't work. So I took that off. And then I just forgot about it. I just said, yeah, whatever the fuck. And then 
like I'm walking across the room and Nancy goes, I'm not wearing any pants. And Nancy goes, what is that flapping sound? And I go, what is it? She goes, bring, she goes back that ass up over here. And she, she goes, what is this? I go, ah, oh, it's that skin tag. And she goes, look at the side. And I feel it. And it's huge. I mean, it's like, it's like, I don't know. Oh it's like, about, it's like, like that. It's like that. It's now huge. You, you pissed it off. Now you have a penis growing out of your ass. Well, yeah, kind of. Uh, actually, if I if I thought of it that way, I wouldn't have cut it off. So, uh, who doesn't want a second cock, right? So, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, so I decide I, I'm just going to cut it off myself because uh, I could go to. I, I don't want to pay some doctor because I know what he's going to do. He's just going to go. All right, we'll cut it off. He'll cut it off and he'll put it, something on it, and then I'll go home. So I want to just do that myself. So I actually went into the bathroom and I set <laughs> towels up. I'm not making this up. This is all true. And I, I know, detail I it. it up. Yeah, I detail it in the book. Uh, and I use ice cubes for about like 20 minutes to just numb this thing. And I didn't really have anything like surgical. So I, I used just like a, like a pair of scissors, but a, like oh. a big pair of scissors. And I went in there and I just, you know, at one point I was like, all right, just numb it with the ice, numb it with the ice. All right, it's ready. And then I just, at one point, I'm in the tub to catch ah. the blood. And I just pull it and I just cut it. Ah. I didn't, I didn't, I just cut it. And ah. I had, I knew it was going to hurt, but I didn't know it was going to hurt that much. It really, really fucking hurt. It was so painful. And there was blood shooting out of my ass. And I, and what happened was, because <laughs> it, yeah, it was a big hole now. I had this huge hole and blood's just shooting out. And I'm screaming for Nancy to come in and bring in some more blood towels and stuff and she comes in and she's horrified she just comes in and just throws the towels and runs out and i grabbed the towels but there was blood like in the tub now and so my i slipped and I just landed in the tub and blood just shot on the wall it looked like a crime scene it looked like a fucking dexter episode it was just blood everywhere and I'm just, and I'm just, I'm just cleaning. I'm just doing the best I can. And it's just, it was, but you know what? Didn't cost me a penny. That's, that's the point. Didn't cost me a penny. <laughs> I, I, not for nothing. Had you shown up to urgent care with your, with your ass just covered in towels, just <laughs> with blood soaked through. And they're like, oh, is this uh is an emergency? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I'm in the waiting room waiting to get a, you know, waiting to get a shot or have, you know, have a, uh, have a, you know, a bruise looked at, I see a guy coming in with a, with a, with a towel soaked with blood on his ass. I'm like, you can go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy gets first. I don't care what you that have. Guy, that guy gets preferential treatment. I don't care if I have AIDS. You're gonna go before me. <laughs> They say a, uh, all right, let, let me ask you this. If you died tomorrow, just because, again, the book, Letters to a Dead Guy, available on Amazon, highly recommended from uh, comedian John Bazaar. If you died tomorrow, what letter would you like to have written to you? And who would it be from? What letter um, would you like to have written to you if you died tomorrow? And who would it be from? Um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, uh, I mean, there's so many people in, you know, in our lives that you would like to, you know, hear from. Yeah. After you pass. Well, wait a minute. Your but wife? I, if, I'm Maybe your if I'm passing, how am I going to read the fucking letter? Well, in the afterlife, someone is I'm kneeling by it. your headstone. Someone's kneeling I, by your headstone. I'm having a problem wrote premise. They write a letter to you. You're the dead guy. Right. And I'm up what? in heaven waiting for a fucking letter. Well, let's heaven's a, heaven's a bit of a stretch. Let's just let's say purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say for the sake of argument that the elevator's stuck in between floors. 
<laughs> and they haven't and they um, haven't quite uh, decided where you're going to go. I mean, uh, is there something that um, anybody in your past that you think you would like to that you think would like to come forth and, and say something to you? Because I think, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, people end up going to a, a cemetery. Like I'll go to yeah. my grand, you know, my where, where my parents died and I'll sit there and I'll share stuff with them, stuff that, uh, you know, they're both buried in the, you know, the same. They're buried right next to each other. So I'll like, you know, talk to my mom and dad. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, yeah. Ideas. I mean, if you were on the receiving end of that, is there something that, uh, is there anybody in particular? And if not, that's totally cool. That's I, yeah, I know. I, I, thought it, I had one initial thought and then I was kind of bailing on it. Um, my initial thought was, no one's going to like this answer. Would I would like to have a letter from Donald Trump. Okay explaining the preamble to the constitution it's one sentence the preamble we the people of the united states blah 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 it's one sentence and it's it's full of these little uh phrases with commas after them explain right. each one of them just because okay. i would like to know i think that would tell so much about him I think we would learn so much about who that guy really is, not who he puts forth and not the way people right. think of him, right. but the real guy, if he had to just, what does this sentence mean? What does this sentence mean? What do you think this sentence means? I would like that. That was my first thought. That is so cool. I would like that. Uh, but then when you were just saying that, I was thinking, uh, I, would I like that answer only because it's so out of bounds because I, you know, I would think that uh, I would like if I, you know, when I pass, I would like to hopefully think that somebody that maybe screwed me over would come by and visit the cemetery and say, hey, you know what? Remember that time back in uh, period X when I was a douchebag to you and I, you know, and I fucked you out of some money or I screwed you out of uh, some opportunities, you know, I'm sorry that that happened, blah, blah, blah. So that's what kind of ran through my mind. But this, that description of you, what you just said right there, having Donald Trump come to your gravesite and <laughs> explain the preamble to the Constitution, that is an answer that I think is completely on brand with you. <laughs> I would just love to hear it. I would love, because I have no idea how he would describe those that sentence right. and those little phrases. I, I have the slightest idea how he would do that. Because that's can you do out a of Donald, can, can you can you do a Donald Trump impression of him no. doing the preamble? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm afraid of, we may need to bring in a guest for that one. I thought that might even go that direction. You know, we the people of the United <laughs> States in order to form. Okay. I'm, I, I don't know what I'm anyway. So I'm but, uh, yeah. The uh, yeah. But the other thing is, I, I would love to hear about that as you were saying that my grandfather on my father's side i would love to hear about that boat ride over and like i was like 1911 oh, or something yeah. like that yeah i would like what was that boat ride like you know because he's in portugal they got to get out of there for whatever reason and uh and they just they they just see god the america Let's just go to America. Let's just go. Let's we'll start new. He was a butcher and he was going to he just got in a boat. And I think on the boat, that's where he met his wife, my grandmother. On the boat over. So I would love to hear that story, how they met, because I, you know, we did a little ancestry stuff. Uh, and there are a lot of these different stories in there that I can't fill these holes in. Um, Wouldn't it be a great story if your grandpa met your grandmother by removing a skin tag off her ass because he was a butcher? <laughs> Turns out she had this big thing hanging off her ass, and I had a suitcase full of knives because I'm a butcher, and I said to her, back that ass up, bitch. Let's go. See? That's the circle of life. That's how this works. <laughs> Circle we of become life. our fast parents forward and our grandparents. We're all the same fast people. Fast forward, 
fast forward 110 years, you in a bathtub with a bloody ass and your wife throwing towels at you. <laughs> there is no time. It's all the same moment. And as much as we joke around about the uh, the stuff that's in this book, what really kind of got my my brain going on it was, you know, when you're writing letters to your your friend John who passed away. And then I start thinking in my head, who would I like to write to? And what would I say to them? And I think that's just a good I think it's a good a good chance to um, cleanse your brain. It's a good chance to you know do a do, do a dump of your of stuff in your head that's maybe been you know that you that you've thought about for years, and that you're like, oh man, you know I, you know I should I'd like to explain to this person this. And I think even just going through the physical process of writing a letter to this dead person, and whether you're apologizing for something or trying to explain something that you did in your life, I think that's a I think it's a cool thing for people to uh, to take it to. That's what I got out of this. I think it is too. I I, I think it really. Uh... Because it is, it is the difference between letter writing and either texting or emailing or anything else. When you, right. like I said before, when you write a letter, you're taking the time. I'm going to take the next hour and just, because that's what people used to do. I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. what's going on in my life. And, you, and, and that's where your voice comes through in that kind of storytelling way as you begin to just, you know, write and whatnot. Like, I totally agree. And I, I have, it's taken me years to discover this. And it, it, it was thanks to my wife, Nancy, that I kind of discovered this is that the way I think is through writing. Sometimes shit is mm -hmm. bothering me and I can't fucking, it's like, it's just bugging me for fucking days. And, and I'm trying to explain it to Nancy and I don't even realize I'm being repetitive. And she's like, I know, I know you said that yesterday. I know. She goes, write it out. Just write it out. And then I'll write it out and I'm done. That's all I had to do. I just had to get it out of me. Um, I have an example of that, by the way. Because um, I need to write this out. I had heard that Adele tickets were really expensive. Oh, yeah. Now, have you ever seen Adele? No, I haven't seen her in concert, no. Okay. Um, me neither. And uh, so I look up, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, she has a residency here in Las Vegas, and I'm looking up. Sure. Like, oh, okay, Adele tickets. Okay, she's, still, she's like sold out for, I don't know, a month or two. But you can go to these other sites where oh, yeah. they buy tickets, and then they sell the tickets oh, and yeah. make a profit. Scalp it, So absolutely. I was looking up, yeah, I was looking up like good, good seats, for Adele, not because I want to go, I just want to know. And sure. I look because believe me, I don't want to go. I don't know. How, I don't know why she's famous. I don't know why people like her her voice. I don't. I, every song is whiny, and I can't stand it. Why does she do that affectation with her fucking voice? I can't. Just, just everything about it does not appeal to me, but that's fine. Some people like it. Yeah, you go have a good time with that shit. Uh, but so I'm looking up tickets and I find these tickets and I have it written here. There were two tickets, you know, mm -hmm. first of all, section 104 row F. So this isn't front row, fucking right. row F. $6,362 for two tickets. Uh-huh. Let me ask Adele something. What are you going to do that's worth $6,000 on that stage? Mm -hmm. What could you possibly do? Derek, let me tell you something. I saw Angus Young and ACDC open for Ted Nugent at Madison Square Garden. I don't know if you have you ever seen Angus Young live? I have not. Okay. You know who I'm talking about. When Angus oh, yeah. Young, I've seen. I've seen ACDC maybe seven or eight times live, but this was back in the day, uh, maybe 1979. He, they were opening for Ted Nugent, and Angus oh, yeah. Young comes out, and Angus Young is just like this for like two hours. He is yeah. ripping up 
ripping up that stage. He's kicking ass. He's shredding that guitar for two fucking hours. There was one point that, by the way, 79, Bon Scott was still alive at that point. At one point, yeah. he disappears, and Bon Scott disappears, but we can still hear them playing. I don't know what the fuck is going on. We're all looking around. We look in the back of Madison Square Garden, and I'm not making this up. Uh, Angus Young is on Bon Scott's shoulders, and he's got like a wireless guitar, and Bon Scott is running through the center of Madison Square Garden, while Angus Young is wailing on that guitar all the way back to the stage. They kicked ass before Ted Nugent, mm -hmm. so much so that when they got off stage, you can look this up too. There's a lot of people who were at that concert that have written this. This is on the internet all over the place. 1979. Madison Square Garden, ACDC, opening for Ted Nugent. Everybody on the floor, I was like two rows up, took their chairs and threw them in a pile, protesting the fact that ACDC left the stage. The place went <laughs> apeshit. It's not that they didn't want to see Ted Nugent. It's that they wanted right. more ACDC, and they went right. apeshit. They had to stop the show after ACDC wasn't coming back on, they had to clear all the chairs up before Ted Nugent could come out. Those tickets cost me $25 fucking dollars. $25. I saw that. What is Adele going to do for $6,000 fucking dollars that comes even close to that? Is my question. Okay, but I want the next book to be Letters to Adele. <laughs> And I just want I don't I want it to be a series of letters to Adele about you bitching, you telling the ACDC story, the ACDC Ted Nugent story in Madison Square Garden for $25. And then I even better, I want to see you go to the Adele show at Caesar's Palace at the Coliseum. And I want you to grab chairs and start ripping them off of the their moorings <laughs> and throwing them in a stack. And as security is taking you out, tell them your Ted Nugent story. <laughs> Ted Nugent ACDC story in Madison Square Garden. They are going to lock you up in a wing of Vegas Metro Jail that has not been opened since the mob was in town. <laughs> I, I, dude, I don't know how I'm still working in this town anyway. I don't, I don't know how that's, how is that possible? I've been in the show are, seven years now. That's insane. X country at Harris, you can catch uh, John Bazaar. Yeah. Well, and you've done all the uh, shows in the uh, uh, X franchise, the burlesque shows. So you've been a part of all that stuff for a, uh, for a long, long time here in town. If this, let me ask you this. If this book were a movie, Letters to a Dead Guy, if this book were a movie, which actor would play you? Uh, well, if I had the choice. Yes, you have the choice. I know you're a big Don Knotts. Why not Don Knotts? If you can, if you could bring him back to life, if you could get Don Knotts, why not have Don Knotts play you in a movie? I. That is, you know yeah, what? Again, it, there's no answer to that, that question. There is no answer to that question. Don Knotts <laughs> as John Bazaar in Letters to a Dead Guy. You have, uh, yeah. Anyway, people need. Grab this book on Amazon, Letters to a Dead Guy, Amazon.com. You can find it right there. That is his beautiful mug. You can find the book. It is a By the hilarious way, I, you, I've only had one person, this happened last night, ask me about the subtitle. Nobody asks me Letters about the subtitle. Guy. And other selections from the middle pocket cheese slide. And yes. I was going to ask you about that, and then I, we got caught, our, caught up in our conversation like we usually end up doing, and it goes off the rails, and I forget where the hell I'm at. That's why I've got notes written down here. I'm going. This is like, focus, focus. John is going to lead you down some paths that you need. <laughs> You've got to simply leave breadcrumbs to get back to where the hell you were, you were going. So, so, I, so I actually forgot, so I forgot that. So let me ask you that, the, the, the subtitle is, Letters to a Dead Guy and Other Selections from the Middle Pocket Cheese Slide. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, and if you well, say there's the no meaning, I'm going to end this conversation right the fuck now. Well, no, there is a meaning. <laughs> the middle pocket, the middle pocket cheese slide means taking a shit. I you know what I mean? You have, you have a pair of pants. You have 
two pockets, the middle sure. pocket cheese slide. So it's, it's essentially, it's essentially letters to a dead guy and some other shit. Oh my God. I've never heard that phrase before. Middle pocket cheese slide. It's, I've never heard middle pocket cheese slide. That it's is a, it's an hysterical. old, one. it's a very old one. That is so yeah, that, funny. Give me, you have a memory retention as we uh, wrap up here. Again, letters to a dead guy on Amazon. Snag it. Give me three of your favorite street jokes. You have a recollection of street jokes like I have never seen anybody have. I cannot remember a street joke to save my life. And if I need one, you're my resource. <coughs> well, I do like those old jokes. Uh, um, uh, okay. How about... Um, how about this? A uh, mm, uh, guy works in a sex shop. Lady walks in. Hey, how much for that? Uh, how much for that white dildo? Because that's uh, that's twenty bucks. Uh, fuck, I, I can't even remember how this joke goes now. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember how that joke goes. Okay, how about this one? Uh, uh, guy's in a waiting room. Doctor walks in and goes, "Look, uh, you. Uh, uh, we don't know what your wife has. It's, she either has, it's either AIDS or it's Alzheimer's." Guy goes, "What do I do?" Doctor goes, "If I were you, I would drive her to another city and drop her off. If she finds her way back home, I wouldn't fuck her." <laughs> Here's my. Here's my favorite. Here's my favorite joke. Uh, and and man, does this not go over a lot? Um, uh, a priest walks into a into a hotel, goes up to the desk clerk, and goes, "Look, I'm a priest. I'm with the Catholic Convention. Before I check in, I just want to make sure in my room the porn channel is disabled, right?" Desk clerk goes, no, it's not disabled. It's just regular porn, you sick fuck. <laughs> that joke does not go over well. That's hysterical. <laughs> and I can't think I can't think of a better way to to wrap up this episode with the disabled porn joke. <laughs> Letters to a dead guy. Snag it on Amazon. It's uh it's a it's a fantastic read. It's a fun read. My good friend John Bazaar wrote it. It's uh it's I, like I said, very well put together. I'm so happy that you got this out, my friend. Oh, it's good talking to you, man. It's so good talking to you. Always good talking to you too. John Bazaar, catch him in next country at Harris Casino here in Las Vegas when you make a trip out here. My friend, thank you so much for being here. John Bazaar, Derek Richards, we will see you next time. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to a drink with Derek. Find out when Derek is appearing near you by checking out DerekRichards.com. See you next time for A Drink with Derek.